515. You're listening to the Morning Sports Desk on KWAD on a Tuesday. You know, it's uh, it's going, Corey. Good. I'm glad. Um, high school baseball last night. Uh, you were in Piers covering Section 5A baseball. Yes. Bertha Hewitt, Verndale, and Hinkley Finlayson. It always took me a long time to figure out Finlayson and not Finlayson. I don't know. I was, there's a, I, I don't know if there's technically a correct way to say it, but Finlayson rolls off the tongue a little easier. Finlayson, yeah. I mean, it just, it works out a little better. I, there was a, a different radio guy covering Hinkley Finlayson. Yes. It sounded like he called it Finlayson. Fin, yeah, but that's, pro, that's probably, that's pro, you know, like locally how there's just like. It's, it's just a subtle change in like the syllable phrasing. I'm trying to think of, of, of an example. Wadeen is probably a good one. Where you just know, yeah, Deer Creek, right? <laughs> Around here, people say Deer Creek. But if you're not from, people will, you'll hear them, Deer Creek. Creek. Anyway, um, what, uh, like Wadena, Wadena kind of thing. Yeah, there is a lot. You're right. There is a lot of like W A H Wadena, Wadena. People really put an emphasis on the first part of the word Wadena. You're right. Good call. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Back anyway, to the baseball. <laughs> We're gonna talk syllables. If I had, if I had more examples of this off the top of my head, I would. We could go on this for probably a half an hour. This but is the morning syllable desk on KWAD. Let's do it. I'm totally prepared for that in 24 hours. Talk to me tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Section 5A baseball for you last night. Raiders come away with the big win. Yeah. I mean, it's been something they've been able to do this whole tournament, and they've been able to score early. So against Piner Verbacus, they scored three runs. Early against uh, when they played the number one seed in Nevis, they got uh, a run in the first inning, and then they got two in the first inning uh, last night. Of course, they came off a bases loaded error, but uh, I mean, they still they're going to take those two runs. And talking with head coach John Washala before that game, he said he's like, I just want us to get that first run of the game. He's like, I want to get that as early as possible, even if it's just one. He's like, I feel like it loosens the kids up. Everybody just kind of gets on the board. Hey, we didn't get shut out. Like, we scored a run. We can do this kind of thing. And they were able to get two off of the Hinkley-Finlayson mistake. And uh, they were able to just kind of hold on. Uh, they they got a, I believe they were up 2 nothing. Hinkley-Finlayson scored a run. It's kind of make it 2-1. And then Bertha Hewitt-Verndale, again, like they did all tournament, when they've allowed, when a team is allowed, or when a team has scored runs against Bertha Hewitt-Verndale, the next half inning, They've responded, and I don't think it's every single inning, but almost every single inning that the Raiders pitchers have given up a run, the lineup comes back and gets that run back or scores way more. So as soon as Hinkley Finlayson got that first run, then Bertha Hewitt-Verndale had a four-run fourth inning and just kind of took control of the game from there. Uh, Cole Washala had a good game on the mound uh, through six innings. Uh, gave up two runs, both of them earned, but uh, did a good job. He had 10 strikeouts on the night as well. So they play now Thursday, and what's the rest of that? Do you know off the top of your head what's that bracket look like? So, Who yeah. are they waiting for? So Abram and Ogilvy uh, beat Nevis and Sabika respectively yesterday. So Nevis and Sabika are done, and now Bram and Ogilvy are going to play in Piers this afternoon. And then the winner of that will play Hinkley Finlayson. And then the winner of that game 
will take a day off. And Thursday afternoon, back at Piers, the Raiders will be in the Section 5A final game with a trip to the state tournament on the line. And as always with the double eliminations, Bertha Hewitt-Verndale just needs one more win to advance their first state tournament, by the way, since merging back in 2011. The um, man winning is so important in these tournaments, isn't it? Like going into last night's game for for this section for the game that I saw, like all you have to do to make it to a state tournament is win two more games. That's it. That's yeah. just you're you're two games away. If you lose, now you have to win twice today, and then twice on third. Like. Four more games in a row is much, much harder to win. Yeah. So, congratulations to the Raiders. That's super cool. Moving on to the uh, section final. I had a six double A baseball, uh, in St. Cloud last night. Wadena, Deer Creek, and Albany. Wolverines, uh, jumped out to a one nothing lead right away in the, uh, in the first. And then I believe extended it out to two zero in the fourth. And then a big bottom of the fifth inning for Albany. A five-run fifth inning. Two more in the sixth made it 7-2. to two. Wadena Deer Creek did score in the top of the seventh. But it was uh, just, you know, just one of those innings you see in baseball. It's kind of ballooned a little bit on them. And all of a sudden you look up and you go, well, time to start thinking about how we're going to save pitchers for the rest of this week. Right. You know, it's really tough. Not that you can't battle back and it's not it's not giving up, you know, it's just a weird like You have you, to manage it. What do you do here now? You got to you got to it, it was just I don't know, there's no other way to describe it. Things just kind of got ugly quick out of nowhere and life goes on and um you know, it the path for the Wolverines now much more difficult, but um but it's still there. Turns out they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good baseball team. You know, I was looking to, uh, yesterday in the immediate area, and by immediate area, I mean Park Region Conference, with Dana Deergrick, Bertha Hewitt, Verndale, the teams we've talked about, Parker's Prairie. Yep. Sabika. Is that everybody? New York Mills. Did I say New York Mills? Who did I miss? And New York Mills. Five teams. Right? Five well, teams still alive no, in the Sabi- tournament. Sabigo uh, lost yesterday. There. I know, going into yesterday. Oh, going into yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Bertha Ude, Vernell, and Sabika, New York Mills, and Parker's Prairie, Wadena, Deer Creek. Five teams into yesterday out of the Park Region Conference still alive in their section baseball tournaments. Yeah. Um, Sabika was eliminated. There's still four teams alive. Parker's Prairie through the elimination bracket today, New York Mills in the championship bracket. Wadena Deer Creek in the elimination bracket tonight, um, and Bertha Hewitt Verndale in the section championship. So, Park Region Conference once again very, very well represented late into these section tournaments. Well, and that's something we've talked about all season. It's just that, you know, th- these teams, there's just been a recent pedigree of some good baseball and, a lot of these teams remaining, or at least that we, those five teams you mentioned, Wadena Deer Creek went to state a year prior. New York Mills has had a good baseball history. Uh, they were also in the state tournament last yes. year. And, uh, Sabika in the state tournament last year as well. Two uh, years in a row, I believe, for Sabika. And Parker's Prairie had their run of just a few years ago of being really, really good at baseball. New like, York Mills just before that, I think, was three years in a row. Exactly. So, I mean, just outstanding baseball. And, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say that we're th- 
it's not the section for baseball in the state, but I mean, for where we are and for everything, I mean, no, no offense to those north to the teams kind of north of the Park Region Conference, but I mean, it's just it's just a different level. And it's it, totally different. And I mean, it comes and goes always with small town schools. It ebbs and flows. But right now, the Park Region Conference has been pretty good, and it's awesome to see. New York Mills plays Kirkhoven Murdoch Sunberg in the Section 6A semifinal today from Minnewaska area. It's a 4:15 pregame and a 4:30 first pitch. You can listen on 105.9 FM, the Superstation K106. CJ is going to have the uh, play-by-play of that. Let's move into Twins Tuesday, shall we? Why don't we? We're on to the number 17. Number 17. Is anybody currently wearing number 17 would be my first question. Chris Archer. Chris Archer is wearing number 17. So that is uh, 55 players. I think that's our biggest number to date. Most okay. number of players to date uh, for a number. The most recent number 17 was, of course. Oh, are we talking about Chris Archer or the one before? The one before Archer. The one before. Who was 17 last year? I'll give you a hint. He just struck out the Twins 13 times. Oh, yeah, Barrios. Duh. Jose Barrios. Yeah. Um, Doug Bernier, Kendris Morales. Doug uh, Bernier. Before that. Of course, Pat Neshek famously wore number 17 and Juan Castro. My number 17 callback reference always is Jeff Rebele. Love Jeff Rebele. Rick Aguilera wore the number 17 for a brief year in 1989 before he switched numbers to 38, I believe, was his number. Here's some fun names uh, who have worn the number 17 throughout the Twins uh, and Senators' history. Of course, Camilo Pasquale wore it from 57 to 66, maybe the most famous number 17 in Twins history. A guy by the name of Speck Shea wore it from 52 to 55. Another old-timey baseball name. Love it. Baby Ortiz <laughs> wore it in 1944. All right, all right. And then these three players wore it in 1943. Three players had the same number in the same season? Yep. All right. Dewey Adkins, Red Barbary, and Ox Miller. Ox Miller? How that's great are those? That Ox Miller feels like it should be an offensive lineman name. Dewey, Red, and Ox all wore the number 17 in 1943. <laughs> Ox Miller. Uh, the Twins play the Yankees tonight. Open up a, what is it, a three-game series at home versus the Yankees. Yeah, we probably need Ox Miller if we want to try and win this series. I think that's probably true because, I don't know if you know this, the Twins are just 47 and 116 against the Yankees since 2000. Is that good? It's, it's like, I that does that add up to an entire season? Uh, that that for, adds up to an entire season plus a bonus game 163 uh, since 2000. The Twins have played an entire season against the Yankees since 2000, and they're 47 and 116, which would e- be the equivalent to the worst team in the history of baseball. Hey, does that uh, does that uh, include playoffs though? I uh, it just says since 2000, so yeah, probably. Uh, all right. Uh, well, you know. Uh... The Yankees, by the way, have uh, the best record in baseball, if that yep. means anything. Uh, by the way, though, uh, the Twins got a nice, a really much needed series win in Toronto. Yeah. Over the weekend, Toronto won eight game, eight straight games coming into that series with the Twins, and they won two out of three. Okay. The hope is to get a couple more guys healthy. If Joe, I mean, the Twins need Joe Ryan back in the worst way, right? 
they need any starting pitching, CJ. Bailey Ober just got put on the 15-day IL. Again? Uh, just got put there uh, right groin strain yesterday. So Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober on the injured list. Yeah. All right. Well, it's okay. At least we have Cy Bundy, at who's least, turned into a pumpkin again. At least we have Cy Bundy. Um, it's not good. Now, they get all their players back who were out from that Toronto series because of the, their vaccination status. It sounds like Carlos Correa is going to be back soon. That's going to be helpful. But this is ter- every time we talk about the Twins, this is turning into, like, how many more times can we say they were winning games in spite of themselves? Yeah. How many different ways can we say that? They're winning games in spite of themselves. It's just true at this point. Yeah. I don't know, man. I will say one thing about the the 2022 Minnesota Twins that remind me a lot of the 2019 version. Yeah. They don't hit the home runs. They don't, you know, do whatever. They, they don't have the top end starting pitching right now. The bullpen isn't as good, obviously. But the one thing they do, I mean, they've lost three games in a row twice this season, but they don't, we're two months in, they don't lose. They don't pull off a string of losses. You know, like if they lose two in a row, they make sure to win the third one. And I think that's been the biggest thing. They just find ways to not let things snowball, which is what happened to the 2021 Twins. That is true, but you got to be careful because it can still be considered a snowball when you go one of two in a series, followed by one of two in a series, followed by one of two. Now you've lost three of your last six, and you're like, you're right. They don't lose. They they don't they don't have like. They have more winning streaks than they do losing streaks, which is super clutch. They also have the best hitter in baseball in Luisa Rise, who is um, just stunning. I saw a stat about him. He hits 350 for his career, or maybe it's just this, this year. doesn't matter. His batting average is 350 on balls in play. Yeah. Which is a stupid number, and it's why... Putting the ball in play is so important because when you strike out, it's just an absolute out. But when you put the ball in play, it's not an absolute out. There's a chance you're going to be safe. And Luisa Rise is one of the best in baseball at getting on base when he puts the ball in play. My dad always used to say good things happen when you put the ball in play. And not only does he put the ball in play, he can control where the ball goes. I just love him. He's not trying to pull the ball every single at-bat. He uses the whole field. And commentators from Jim Cott all the way to Justin Morneau, in terms of like what era of baseball they're from, all have nothing but great words to say about Luis Arise. My favorite thing about this Twins team this year is their ability to manufacture runs. They, they have not been able to do that the last few years. It seems like they can do that this year. It's kept them in ball games. The 2008 Twins are back. I want to see Rocco Baldelli punt a hat like Ron Gardenhire. All right, uh, so this has been the morning sports desk for uh, Tuesday, the 7th of June on KWAD. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.